Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once again playing as Sir Croakington. And we are going to be be in the capital of Talonus. I'm just going to unequip the wooden eye, eye talisman. Because I'm not going to be fighting the Red Wolf of Sage Rolt, So I definitely don't need that talisman. And it probably didn't do anything. And it probably didn't do anything even though I did have it equipped. Oh, well, here we are. And so, anyway, there's one adventure that we can do in Talonus. Alright, uh, guys. Oh, well, I'm exploring the Cathedral of Silver Wayne first. On the far side of the cathedral's main cha main chamber, you discover a set of torch-lit steps winding upwards. Curiosity gets the better of you, and you and after quickly glancing around to be certain you won't be seen, you begin to climb the winding stair. You've counted nearly twenty steps when the sound of a man screaming from somewhere above reaches your ears. His desperate, fearful cries end abruptly. Alright, well. Hmm. This probably this looks like the sort of thing I should investigate, so I will. You fly up the west of the winding staircase. Well, spring up the west of the winding staircase, and arrive at the landing that opens onto a broad hall. Peer around the corner into the hallway, behold a gruesome sight. Four masked figures stoop over the body of a fallen priest. Each of the masked fi figures wields a black wooden cludge. Or, hey, 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 what's all this about? An open window overlooking a lower courtyard near to where they stand appears to have provided the means by which these men gained access to the hall. Now, they are almost certainly bad guys. Admittedly, there are occasionally good reasons to whoop, to beat up a priest, you know, if they're a kitty fiddler, which, at least in our world, happens a lot. Maybe, not, probably, probably doesn't happen as Probably doesn't happen as much in the world of Tysa because it's it's it, it's it's uh, it's kids weighted, so that bad that sort of stuff doesn't happen. And the All Father would be very disappointed in them if they did. And then he'll probably send send Pauk to go. Oi, you! Stop it! Stop it now! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Ah, oh, you're not stopping it. All right, all right, poke, punch that guy into the sun, <laughs> and then poke punches him into the sun. 
because that that that's what proper gods should do if any of their their priests mess around. Punch them into the sun, or create someone who can. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're not quite sure the All Father actually exists, but uh, maybe. <laughs> Finish it, says one of the masked figures. He has no. No sooner spoken the words when one of his cohorts raises up his cudgel as if to strike the prone priest a final blow. Well, obviously I have to save the priest. Now, if it turns out that he'd done something bad, I can return him over to the proper authorities later. But I'm going to assume he... Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that he doesn't deserve to be beaten into a bloody pulp. And possibly killed. Now I'm going to save the priest. Maybe they'll be able. Maybe between my maybe between my stabbings they'll be able to explain why they're doing this. You realise you only seconds to save the life of the fallen priest from the savage blow about to be laid on him by the master assailant. Oh, I've got quite a few options here. So once again, random.org. I can use telekinesis. Fortification, illusion, or archery, or just rush forward to defend the fallen priest. Uh, I'm going to choose from the first four. So, random number. Between one and four. Number four. Hmm. Archery it is then. But that does have the highest percent chance of victory. So, use it. Your arrow, your arrow sails wide of his intended target, but your action has produced the desired result. Hmm. Oh, good, good, good. You actually get a different result for failing the different skills. It's not just your check has failed and then it just skips to the rush forward. For a moment, the four masked men seem to forget about the fallen priests at their feet as they turn to face you. Well... Well, it's still a success. Because the point was not to kill them. It was to stop them from killing this priest. And they're not doing that anymore. They're trying to kill me. And that's not a very good idea at all. Because Sir Crokington has a melee rating of 380. And they probably have a melee rating of about 20. As in, I say, I assume they're... Their melee waiting is the melee waiting that if I had that, I would be a nine plus. Well, that that that's just how we that's just how how we calculate that. Anyway, anyway, turn to face you. The apparent leader of the mass men issues a sharp order, and his three underlings rush forward to attack you. Stand your ground and meet their attack. Three masked men set into you with a savage assault. There is little doubt these men seek to end your life here and now. Masked assailants, begin combat. So, I, 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 I want to know what the heck is going on here, so I'm going to subdue them. I swing my club. The spruce smasher. The master assailants strike at you with their black wooden cudgels. Probably they weren't they weren't really expecting to, you know, take on 
experienced combatants with that. I just thought, oh, this is going to be easy. All I have to do is beat up an unarmed priest. Super easy. Oh, no. It's that warrior toad guy. Bash, splash, crash, drash. And uh, 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 just, just smashed all their knees. They're on the floor now. I've subdued my foe. 10 XP. Hmm, that's quite a bit for such a early game quest. The three masked men stage a hasty retreat along the hall to where their leader stands over the body of the fallen priest. Upon his command, they take flight out the open weirdo for which, which they've entered. You've made a sound mistake this day, friend, he says. His tone as sinister as his words. May the mark be ever on you. Without a wor further word, he climbs out of the window and disappears from sight. You rush over to the open window and peer out of it. But much to your surprise, the courtyard stands empty. Hmm. Right, did they use the... Use a wingsuit? So they could just glide away? Yeah, no, I've probably seen, seen them. Yeah. Ah, must have used a hook shot too, or something. To quickly get out, get out, get into another window. Puzzled by the strange turn of events, you immediately turn your attention to the, to reviving the fall. Oh, of course they used the magic of gating. Because if they had gating, they could get out to anywhere very quickly. The priest has been badly beaten by his assailant, but he managed to bring him around, and when his eyes open, he smiles weakly and allows you to hope into his feet. He tells you he was on his way to the cathedral vault with some important documents bound for storage when the masked men entered the hall through the window and assailed him. There are a number of important things kept in the vault, he says, so I'm not certain which of those would interest the thief. We mostly keep our records and documents here. The priest, a stout, middle-aged man, introduces himself as Sultan and thanks you for earnestly coming to his assistance. It's not mere chance. It's not mere chance that brought you hither in my moment of need. Of that I am certain, he says, smiling. The All-Father is ever-present, and those who maintain faith in his guy, in the guidance of his un of his oft unseen hand will walk a less road less perilous for it. Solane thanks you again, and you bid him farewell before descending the stairs and leaving the cathedral. Or anything else at the Cathedral of Silver Wayne? You can The Cathedral of Silver Wayne is the largest of the chur churches of Sithak within Tysa's capital city. Although formal worship is not currently taking place here, a good number of people are present. Many of those present kneel in silent prayer before a wide, silvery, whippling pool that sits within the shallow recess of a three-tiered dais. A, sh a steady trickle of silvery water spins, spills down, behind a down the wall behind the dais and splashes gently onto the whippling pool. An ornate plaque hanging on the wall directly beneath the falling water bears three words in large, raised letters. 
Honesty, humility, faith. So I can speak with a priest. And I can pay 500 gold tokens for a blessing of protection. That that blocks you from all damage for one to three or so turns. So if you're... So it's a... It's a last-ditch attempt to survive if you've run out of all other options. Especially if, say, you're in one of those options where you can't just use fortification. Either because you entered one of the several scenarios where all your Neville Reserve gets drained at the start. Or there's a powerful anti-magic aura. In that case, the... Blessing of Protection might come in handy. So anyway, I'm not particularly interested in those because I've got 106 Neville Reserve, and I've got enough. I've got enough MR to just plow through the few situations when, where you can't just magic blast everything. Continue about your business. You're before the Silver Pool. As you kneel before the silver pool, a subtle calming sensation washes over you. After several minutes, you rise from the kneeling position, feeling refreshed and invigorated. You suddenly feel a bit more virtuous. Yeah, so this is this is what this is just about the only repeatable way to increase your alignment. But most most of the time, most people, you just equip a shimmering silver weapon, and your alignment instantly becomes saintly, and it doesn't really affect anything. Uh, so I assume when when the game was when the game was first being developed, there was probably an intention to have good and evil roots for most of the quests, but then he realised that mean but. That was that was dropped because it was better just to have you know twice as many quests rather than make every quest have two paths which on it which are not take twice as much work but only provide a teeny bit more enjoyment. You will return here once per day to achieve the beneficial effects of kneeling before the pool. Also, I think here you can. Make it so that your your the the Iacor's weapons, which make you automatically, ultimately evil, even though that doesn't do anything, they can make it so that doesn't stick you to be automatically, ultimately evil, and you can slowly get your get your uh, get your alignment to. Too saintly, which is the highest, which is the goodest aligned, and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I was just put in because that was in D and D, and so it was just put in, but it didn't really go in. It was a system that's just been largely abandoned, which is fair enough, really, because I mean. I mean, um, I wouldn't mind a lot. Al- alignment in, say, a short game, you know, a single player game with a final, which with an ending, because then you could 
play it once on one alignment and then play it once on the other alignment. But again, like this, you just you just you just end up being doesn't. You're not going to replay one of those endless games just to see what possible effect it could have, and it isn't any, so, yeah. Explore the cathedral. You make a rather lengthy examination of the cathedral's ground level, but discover nothing of any particular interest. After exchanging a pleasant greeting with a passing priest, you make your way out of the cathedral. Alright, there's... Let's see. A uh, human tangle main is also in Talonus. All right, I can I uh, things I can visit Lothwen. You, you you can. You can't really. He really doesn't do anything. All right. Visit a one-down building called the Third House, which is in Pentacon Lane. As you approach the building known as the Third House, a young woman with bright auburn hair washes out through the front door and throws her arms around you. She pulls back from the friendly, friendly embrace, and you instantly recognise the face of Clonera, the young woman who, along with her acting trope, you rescue from the clutches of the slate. Shade Goblins in Westworld. And that was... That adventure was one of the... Very first... Very earliest adventures with Sir Crokington. And also one of the very first adventures... Adventures I recorded... With, with Zoop. Which is right back at the start. Well, very near the start. Big Caves of Westworld. Clutchina rushes you into the acting, into the building, where you are met by the fellow members of her acting group. Some of them you recognise from the encounter with Westworld, while several of their faces are new. You spend the better part of an hour talking with the actors, who you learn have been recently commissioned to perform a royal gala in the King's Citadel in a month's time. At last you decide it's time to take take your leave of the third house and you bid the actors farewell and make your way to the door as you step out onto the street you are suddenly joined by Clara who has followed you outside she looks around nervously then whispers something that startles you I have reason to fear for my life she says softly her voice whacked with emotion you listen as Clara explains in a hushed but emotional tone that she feels her life is in danger and she does not know who else she can turn to for protection. When you ask her about the nature of this danger, she regains much of her composure, and is able to provide you with the details of what is a truly intriguing story. Glenia tells you that when her mother, the head of the actors of the third house, passed away several months ago, she left for her daughter a large chunk of her most prized possessions. It was only a few days ago, however... As in the pockets of one of these costumes, he discovered a most astonishing item. A large round emerald fastened to a silver chain. Clara tells you that she has never seen the jewel before. But that she quickly realised its immense value and carefully hid, hid it away. 
Okay, I assume I assume you you can tell tell that it's regular jewelry, not costume jewelry, because you'd be familiar with that stuff. Yeah, that long not long after coming to possession of the jewel, she received several letters and ultimately an unpleasant visit for a man who claimed the jewel belonged to him. He told Selenia that her mother had stolen had long ago stolen a gem from him and he merely sought the return of his family's most prized treasure. Okay, okay. Do, do you have any documents backing that up? I don't know. Because presumably, if you're the sort of family that has gems like that, it might be in a, por- it might be in a portrait. Or there'll be a re- receipt. Or, or whatever is they, they're the equivalent. Or maybe, maybe mentioned in someone else's diary. Or maybe you could bring up the say, how, oh yeah, how, well, when you brought it to someone to have it repaired, and they, they can show it. But, I mean, I mean, you kind of. Ha- I mean, I don't want to. Assume you're a thief if you're not, but gems like a big fancy gem, yeah, that's the sort of thing that people will be a bit steely over. There's something about his eyes that stuck fear into me, Kalana says. All the while he spoke to me, those dark eyes were fixed to me, and it was all it was as if I was falling into some sort of trance. It was all I could was all I could do to to keep from agreeing with his every word. Those horrible eyes, those deep, dark pools spoke of murder, spoke of murder and deceit. She says that before the man departed, he warned her that her alleged, unless she relinquished the jewel to him, she would meet with a timely and fitting fate. Now the thing is, if you did have a claim to it, I'm pretty sure you could, you know, get the watch involved and the fact that the fact that you're going all murdery kind of implies yeah you have no claim to this you're just a murderer and a thief although although we're not sure if you've actually murdered anyone yet but yeah quite likely Shana tells you that ever since the strange encounter, she fears her every move is being watched. You'll also she has not dared to venture out into the city for fear of once again encountering the man. And just last evening, this arrived at the doorstep, she says, producing a piece of folded parchment and handing it to you. You unfold the fixed wrap and stare at the words inked in black across the yellow surface. Time grows short, as does my patience. Bring what is mine to the foot- footings tomorrow night, and all will be forgiven. Come alone. You do not need to fear for your safety. Okay, there's a link to what the footings is. The footings is the name given to the ruins of an ancient temple in the forest north of the city of Talonus. The temple, built in our Swithak, was destroyed in a goblin raid over a thousand years ago. All that remains today of the temple 
are the shattered remnants of its once mighty columns and the massive stone footings upon which its structure rested. Thus, over thus there were thus over the centuries the ruins have become known to the local inhabitants as the footings. Alright. Handy. I dare not go, says Joanna, her voice wife with fear. Yes, I cannot continue to live in fear of something than to do a few days ago I knew nothing about. You must take the jewels, Sir Crokington, and bring it to the footings, so I might be done with all of this. I know one else I know one else I know no one else capable enough to entrust his business to. I beg you, in the name of the All Father, as Shirena wises raises her gaze to meet your own. You can clearly see she's both frightened and desperate. Now you can refuse the quest, but I'm a hero and heroes help people out when they need help. So obviously I'm gonna help out. A look of relief passes over Shirana's face when you agree to take the jewel to the footings with the hope of sparing her any further involvement in this mysterious and sinister business. Shiona steps back into the third house, returns moments later with a small bundle of cloth that she presses into your hand. You do not need to open the bottle to determine what it is she has given you. You quickly slip the item into your pocket. I now have a large emerald on a silver chain. It's armour for your neck. It has an encumbrance of one. It says it's, qual- it's common quality. because It's not magic or anything. It's just, well. Or at least if it is magic, we don't know how to get the magic out. And it doesn't provide any stats at all. It's just, it's as far as we know, it's just very shiny very expensive. This large, anyway, his this large emerald hangs from a thin silver chain. Chain, a gem of this size is certain to be worth a small fortune. You tell Shirena that you deliver the jewel to the foot footings tonight as requested, and you return when the task is done. You are can count on you, Sir Crokin, she says, beaming. I dare say it is not by chance our paths are crossed again. This very day, the All-Father guides us with an unseen hand at times. Good luck, Sir Crokington. My heart shall know no end of no end of trouble till you have safely returned here. You bid Joanna farewell and make your way out of the city to the north, passing through several small villages and a thick, tangled forest, en route to your rendezvous at the footings. The footings proves to be a rather desolate spot in the midst of the forest, as you wind your way through a crumbling maze of cracks and toppled columns, become aware of a group of four men standing in the centre of the ruins. Hey! If I'm supposed to come alone, how come you don't get to come alone? It's unfair! It's unfair! The four sh- well, admittedly you are a thief and probably a murderer, so I should have suspected as much. The four shadowy figures, gathered around one of the larger stone footings, turn to face you as you approach, and one of them speaks. It matters not that you have that you come in her place, says the bald, heavy set, middle aged man who steps forward. 
I hope you have brought me the emerald, and that none of our time has been wasted here tonight. That jewel belongs to me and mine, and I, Hoglark the Fox, am, after all, a fair man above all else. The sound of his name sends a chill through your body, sandy before you, in this desolate spot in the forest. Is one of the Kingdom of Titus most wanted men, a legendary bandish of the wild known as Hunlark the Fox. His cruelty and brazen nature have earned him a fierce reputation and elevated his status to almost legendary level. Now, friend, he smiles as he raises his eyes to meet your own, you will hand me over the emerald. You find yourself momentarily unable to break away from Hornlark's gaze, the longer you remain fixed on his deep, dark eyes. The more you want to immediately capitulate to his demand. His three companions stir uneasily in the shadows behind him. So, I have three options. And honestly, there's... That this we this you could argue for any of them. You could just hand over the jewel to Hunlack. That presumably means Shuena will not have any more bother because she probably doesn't really have anything else worth to, worth worth bothering with, as far as we know anyway. And if she did, he'd probably said, Oh, and then this probably just added put the demand in at the same time while she was terrified. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure what he probably will move on to his next mark. Refuse to hand the jewel over and demand that Hunlark leaves Shuinia alone. Now that that has the advantage that you won't be you won't be rewarding criminality, but I'm not quite sure if it will work, because. I mean, Hoodlock, yeah, I could say I'll take revenge, but I move around a lot. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be, well, soon enough, I'll be in the shitty, shitty state of Cardson. And then, then, then I'll have no idea if, 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 he, if he plans any deviousness. Or I could attack Hoodlock the Fox. Now, if it works, if it works, we've eliminated a major criminal. But if it doesn't work, and presumably as a bandit chief, he is quite good at making escapes. Even if only because he he had his three min, he would have his three minions do the dying while he runs away. Yes, if it doesn't work, share it. Shero's going to be in a lot of trouble, you know, just just for the petty, just just out of spite, if nothing else. Yes. Anyway, I'm gonna. I really don't know which to choose. So once again, I shall go to random.org to tell me what to do. There's there's the three options: random number between one and three. All right. Apparently, I'm. Apparently, I just don't want to cause any trouble, so I'm handing the jewel over to Hunlark. Well, it's got now. 
You are wise and just, says Hunlock, as he takes the emerald from you and slips it into his leather tunic. May you have a safe trip back to the city this night, friend. I'll be certain to tell Miss Serena that she is nothing more to fear from me. For Hunglark the Fox is a man of his word. Above all else, Hunglark bows dimply and then turns to walk back towards the three men waiting in the shadows behind him. Alright, but I don't know. Oh yeah, he's a bandit. I should probably kill him. I just remembered that. So I can attack Hunglark the Fox. Or I can think, I don't want to risk causing trouble for anyone else. And honestly, if I was a bandit like him, I'd have prob I'd probably put a auto with probably write something in my will that if anyone kills me, whoever kills them will get half of my half of my treasure. And of course, as a bandit, I have a lot of treasure hidden in various secret places. You know, guarded by secret traps and devious thiefy stuff. I mean, that's that's what I would do. If someone kills me, you get a bounty placed on you. And make sure everyone knows that. Make it clear. You kill me, you get a bounty on your head. A really big bounty. You know, the sort of bounty will lead to hordes of bounty hunters going after you. Even if you, even after you start, start chopping them down with easy peasy. Of course, I don't fear, I wouldn't fear these bounty hunters. Because 380 melee rating, but. If they decide, hmm. Well, Shireena sent her, so maybe I'll get something if I kill her. I don't know. Anyway, but once again, eliminating a problem. And I don't know if he's smart enough to do the... To do the auto, you kill me, you get a bounty thing. Because I've literally just made that up. Anyway, once again, I'll use random.org to tell me what to do. Oh, to apparently... No, I'm leaving at once and heading back to the city. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's not until the three hours of the morning that you once again find yourself in the wall inside the walls of Talonus. What wishing to alarm any of the third house at this late hour, you decide that you will visit Joanna first thing in the morning. As dawn, dawn breaks over the North Broadlands, you make your way along Pedicarn Lane to the building known as the Third House. Now, that this arriving really late is not a trouble in Talonus because it doesn't have a curfew. Or at least, it doesn't have a curfew yet. Because, well, it, just, it does seem to be having quite an effect, this curfew. Because, if 
going out. If going out at night is only for he's outlawed, then only outlaws go out at night. So then you can just go, you're out at night. You're under arrest. Because obviously you're doing crimes. Definitionally you're doing crimes. So you're probably doing other crimes as well. Because once you're doing one crime, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, well, I might as well, if I'm going to be stealing, I might as well break curfew at the same time. Because you can't get hanged twice. Joanna is overjoyed to see you return safe and sound. And she is genuinely fascinated when you describe for her your encounter at the footlings with Hulark the Fox and his cohorts. When you relate to her that you imparted the emerald to Hulark and that he promised you that she would have nothing more to fear from him, she smiles and nods. I'm happy this business is over, she says. I care nothing for the jewel. It was the poorest me only. If it was the poorest me only fear, I'm happy to be rid of it. The next day, you're invited back to the third house, where Kurena and the rest of the actors put on a number of comedic sketches for a small but appreciative audience. Kurena tells you that some of some of the very very sketches they will soon be performing at the King's Gala. Yeah, I'm Tallies. I'm going. Oh, I fought five females, but first, gotta wipe my name on the wall. Tallies was. Here! Yeah! Otherwise, people won't know I was here! Ha <laughs> Or something like that. Ah! Uh, you know that people from the west side of the river, they walk like this. And people who live on the east side of the river, they walk like this. And really, there's not any major difference between the two. Uh, yes, and ha. You take your leave of Shirano and the actors of the third house and prepare to once again set out into the city. As you step out into the street, Shirano follows after you and thanks you again for your help. You must come back and visit us soon, she says, as she leans forward and embraces you in a long hug. She watches as you depart along Pentecon Lane. Okay, you can visit Lawtham, nothing new there. The actors of the third house, and Sharon in particular, are happy to see you, and you are treated to a surprisingly lavish dinner, after which you watch them rehearse several scenes from a new drama they have been working on. When at last it is time for you to go, you bid them all farewell and step out into the street. I can stroll along the lane. You move along Pennycant Lane, taking in the sights along this tree-lined street. As you move along the street, you spot a small man in a waggy cloak, watching you closely from the mouth of a narrow alley. As you approach, he tips the brim of his grubby leather hat and cracks a wave an unsettling smile. Good day to you, miss, he says, holding out his unopened haps. Perhaps you'll be kind enough to spare a gold token? Uh, well, 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 I've got... I have got 40,000 of them, so I think I can spare one. But only one. Wouldn't want to... 
wouldn't want to accidentally give gold to someone who's actually not a beggar. Lots of gold to someone who isn't a beggar, because then I'll just feel... Then I'll, then I'll feel like a mug. <laughs> All right. The beggar flashes you on, settling Gwyn, as you deposit the gold token into his overturned hat. He quickly removes the coin and slips it into his pocket, before again donning the grimy hat. You're about to continue past him, without paying him further heed, when he suddenly says something completely unexpected. If you're a lady of means, I might be able to show you something that would be of interest to you. Something that I am interested in parting with, for a price. It'll cost you 50 coatings just to see it, though, mind you. This small, wetted man leers up at you from beneath the soiled, soiled brim of his hat. He appears to be studying you closely as he awaits spots. Well, might as well. All right, 50 gold tokens spent. The beggar snatches up the 50 gold tokens and deposits him somewhere within the filthy whack that serves as his cloak. He flashes you another unnerving grin and bows creepily. My name's Wenwold, he says. Same as that of our glorious king. Though I'd not trade his lot in, in life for mine on his best day. No offence meant, of course. Wenwold tells you he will now take you to where you may view the something he spoke of. And he sneaks off into the alley, beckoning for you to follow behind me. Okay, well, okay, I've paid the money. But I've, I have a suspicion. Is this a murder? Is this just a plan to lure me into a dark alley, clonk me on the back of the head and steal all my stuff? Yeah, of course, it wouldn't work because Sir Crokington has 339 stamina points. So no, no, the very, so it's very difficult to clonk anyone on the back of the head hard enough, hard enough to knock them out. It would take like twelve clonks, and I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd probably start reacting by about the third or fourth clonk, and by react I mean stabity stab stab stab, or 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 more accurately because I'm wielding wielding this. The spruce smash will be bashy bash bash bash. Anyway, so I'm I've I'm I'm suddenly suspicious, so I'll use divination just to check this is all on the up and up. Succeeded. You sense that Wenwold has not told his true name, and he supplies the trade other than that of a common beggar. Well although you were able to sense a strong awe of Melise malice and deceit around him well he's a businessman you have to do a bit of that you also sense that he means you no immediate harm just you know to take my money for possibly inferior products well might as well well i've already paid for it so i have to take a look follow me into the alley when world leads you along the alley and stops near a stack of molding moldy rotting wood he moves several of the decaying timbers to reveal a wooden ladder leading down into darkness. He descends the steps and disappears from sight. A few moments later, the bright flare of a torch can be seen at the foot of the ladder, some ten feet below. Wenwold, his unsavoury face, illuminate, illuminating by the orange flickering light, tells you to climb down into the ladder. 
You cautiously descend and find yourself standing in a small, damp room. No tricks on your part now, says Wenmold. As he he speaks, he waves his hand in the direction of the two shadowy individuals standing against the wall to your left. Though you cannot make out the features in, in the deep gloom, you have no doubt... They're watching you closely. Well, 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 someone's got to guard his stock. Wedwold motions you to a wooden table against the wall to your right. I tells you to have a look at what is laid upon it. You step forward to have a look. Your eyes fall upon the curious item laid upon the wooden table. It's a jade-studded belt. belt. It weighs stamina points by two, body by three, and might by two. And it just so happens that all those that are uh, my those the body and might are already at are already at max. So even if I equip it, no, no. So there's no way I can. I would hope with that. And the and the belt. What belt do I have equipped now? Anyway. Belt. 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 Belt, belt. The Oaken Stone Belt that provides 6 miller rating and 9 stamina points. Yeah, it's much, much better. But it did cost ATs. Although I can get the ATs back if I ever... So there's there's no gameplay reason to want this. Admittedly, this is a very early game content. It's only section number 1862. So when this was first put out I think getting those getting that body and might up was probably worth considering to examine the item more closely click on its name above this thick leather belt is studded with pieces of jade when more tells you be willing to sell the jade studded belt to you for the reasonable sum of 5100 gold tokens it shuffles about nervously as you continue to study the item. So the only reason I could want that item is because it's a unique one-off item. And then I can just put it in my great big house and it can just stay there forever. And in 30 or 40 years time, it can, there can, it can be on a plaque. There could be a plaque under it saying where I got it. Just a little plaque. Although it's not admittedly an exciting item. It's not it's not it's not like, say, Umdroll's Oaken Wad, where there's the tale of how you got it, the tale of what it does, the tale the tale of the adventures it was used in. Yeah, it's just uh, I came across a bag over the then he was actually a trader, and then I bought him. But uh, no, 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 just just for completionism's sake. And maybe more things will be found. Purchase a jade-studded belt. It's, it was very expensive, but you can... But now in the game, you can easily get get yourself another 5,000 gold. Right, I'll be storing that soon. Wenyold leads you out of the small chamber back in July. He tells you to stop by from time to time, as he may have more items that might be of interest to you. 
We move quickly out of the alley and back into Pennycarn Lane. Alright, stroll along the lane. You move down Pennycarn Lane, taking in the sights along this tree-lined street. Your stroll along the lane proves to be both enjoyable and uneventful. Alright. Stroll along the lane. Stroll along the lane. Alright, three more strolls. One. Two. Three. Okay, let's see. Any, hmm, there's the King's Citadel. Seek an audience with the King. Word of your request is carried to the Citadel, and a little while later, you are greeted at the gate by one of the King's advisors. Only a few moments after speaking with the advisor, you find yourself standing in the throne hall of King Renwald before the grey-bearded monarch. Huh, you can actually can come back. He again thanks you for your service to the kingdom in the manner of the Twin Blades, and tells you he hopes that you will, aff will afford what will prove to be a lasting and valuable alliance. You speak with him at length, and bow respectfully at the end of the discourse, before being led out of the citadel and back onto the streets of Tanner. So, I could just visit the king! Cool. Yeah, it is. I guess that, that's a... The GM has the option to always go, well, that's an option you could do. You want to do a, is there a comp, any sort of quest? You could, the, the king could send you on it. If you have a certain problem, I'm, there's a pretty hefty chance the king will be able to see about, oh, oh, to, oh, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got this, I've got a refugee from another kingdom. Oh, there's this guy who's a thief, but anyway, I've uncovered I've a lot of evidence it was actually framed. Could you, could you range a pardon? And it's, anyway, I'm sure it, it's, it's, it's in the back pocket, if it's ever needed. Visit the Sounding Oak. The Sounding Oak, an ancient enchanted tree that was revered by the people of Tysa, towers over a circular stone-walled garden in one of the oldest sections of Talonus. Over the past few centuries, the Grand Tree has lost several has lost several limbs, which has caused it to assume a withered, almost eerie appearance. Despite this, the Sounding Oak, and the gardens in which it stands, remains a place where people frequently conjugate. There's a law book entry. The Sounding Oak. A tree that many claim is older than the city that surrounds it. I mean, that can happen. Some trees can get crazy old. Like the bristlecone pine that can be 10,000 years old. And yew trees can leave for a few, a few thousand years. Oaks. Oaks can last a few centuries. So, I mean, it's possible. It's perfectly possible. Ta. Towers inside a stone-walled circular garden in one of the oldest sections of the Taishin capital. While there is little doubt that the massive ancient oak is enchanted, it is long believed, believed that the magic protecting and preserving the tree is weakening. Oh no! I have to go on an, I have to go on an epic quest across three separate continents to restore it! Okay, that, that's probably a bit much.
But if it turned up, I'd be totally hyped. Over the past three centuries, the tree has lost several limbs. And as a consequence of this, has taken on a rather eerie, withered appearance. Despite its more recent hardships, the sounding oak remains an imposing, majestic presence in the city. One that serves to remind the people of Tannus and the kingdom of and the kingdom of Larch of the determination and resilience of the Tyson people. All right, step up to the sounding oak. You move up, up and stand before the ancient oak. A small group of people, several yards away, near the garden's eastern wall, listen intently to an old, white-haired man expounding about the foretold return of Runeski. Yep, yep, he's done that. After nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh droning rattlement and step back and step away from the tree. Step up again. You move up, stand before the ancient oak. A small group of people say, several yards away, near several yards away, near the garden's eastern wall, listen intently to an old white-haired man expounding about the corruption he claims is rampant throughout the Grey Circle. There's definitely some dodgy stuff going on. I like Glenorus for a start. And I think the the guy who sent us to liberate Ashley seems to be tied in with something. After nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh droning rhetoric and step away from the tree. Step up again. And I read that one. Small group of people several yards away, near the garden's eastern wall, listen intently to an old white-haired man expounding about the deplorable state of Tyson's neglected naval fleet. Now, I don't know if it's really deflected, neglected, or, you know, it's just just uh, this little person who just likes more ships. After nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh, droning rhetoric and step away from the tree. Let's step up again. Alright, listen intently to an old white-haired man expounding about the whack epidemic plaguing the city. Ooh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't... Is it... It's just regular rats, right? It's not, not the... Not the Kogari. I mean, it's Kogari. That's that's the sort of thing Sir Crokington can do things about. Regular rats. Well, I mean, I can kill them, but it's probably not the best option. Probably a better option would be, you know, poison and dogs. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and uh, not leaving rubbish where the rats can get. Not leaving... And not leaving things that were leaving edible rubbish and trash around where the rats can get it. Although, admittedly, that can be difficult because rats are tricksy. In a minute, you tire of the man's harsh journey rhetoric and step away from the tree. Step up again. Grey circle corruption. Rat, rat epidemic. Expounding. Is it? Listen intently to a white-haired man expounding about the problems faced by the farmers of Northern Tysa. After nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh, droning rhetoric and step away from the tree. Step up again. That's about wound skin. 
Listening to an old white-haired man expounding about the crime that plagues both Trithic and Mix. Well, we've done something about that. But it's, it's, it's not it's not really... Well, there's always going to be some crime. But it is. Well, well. Expounding about the death... You listen intently to a white-haired man expounding about the danger represented by Tysus Thanes. Well, well, I guess I guess he. Well, I, I guess they're they're pretty chill if you know he's not suffering from a a case of the stabs. Step up to the sound of goat. Yeah, all right, uh, just a few more wound skin. We need more ships. There's too much crime. It's tough being a farmer. Wootenskill's coming back. You're going to be a real dick. Okay, that's that's enough. I think, I, think we've, I think I've read everything. Heard everything it said at the Sounding Oak. Alright. Visit Human Tangle Main. Uh, actually, no. I'll save first. What am I doing at rank 46? That's ridiculous. Well, no way, Sir Croakin should be so highly wanked. Other four powerful characters, get on this already. Go on, go push Sir Croakin down in the ranks. Hoonman Tanglemane. This is the residence and study of Hoonman Tanglemane. A master mage, those arcane skills have long been sought after by adventurers both near and far. The elderly man who despite his surname is both bald and and beardless, promptly invites you to his cosy abode and asks may he may he service. I could learn about Hunman's magical auras. Hunman Tanglemane offers powerful magical auras to adventurers who are seeking to advance themselves by the way of his legendary arcane prowess. His auras, which he sells for adventure tokens, Provide permanent increases to various attributes. Miller weighting, stamina points, and Neville Reserve. Okay, so ATs for permanent stat boosts. View the auras he has available. Human, whose pleasant disposition never seems to change, tell you he currently has only one aura he feels would be safe to bestow upon you. Of course, this does mean... The GM has the option to just put more was in at any point. That's my silver war, he says. It's the one I've worked on for longest. And by virtue of that, it's also the safest in many respects. It's, it gives you five melee rating and five stamina points. The aura also provides an unspecified protective property designed to offer a small bit of additional protection during combat. Now, what this is, uh, it's not specified. Yeah, I think this is probably a uh, lower down on your on your eighty ways to spend adventure tokens because you get a way you get a way better bonus per ATs for Talaro's elixirs. Especially if you haven't got Battle Rage yet. And they can also boost your base stats. 
add it's this this um these these adventure tokens will be gone forever which which makes it worse than tallies in some ways yeah but but of all my characters that i've bought packages for and are just swimming in 80s yeah i bought it for them Human tells you the price to acquire the aura is 150 adventure tokens. Nah, decide not to purchase it. Bid him farewell and leave. Alright, anything else to see? There's the Grey Circle compound, but we went there a long time ago. There's a harbour area. Visit a tavern. Two rather notorious taverns flank the eastern and western side of the Talonless Harbour front. On the eastern side of the wharf sits a wamshackle building known as the Drindlesale Tavern. On the western side there resides the Sogbow. Both of these taverns have earned the sort of reputation that's made respectable folks steer a wide course around them. Alright, what Sogbow Tavern first? Four large men clad in thick leather coats stand in front of the door leading to the Sogbow. As you approach, the largest of the men looks you over and shakes his head as he folds his heavily muscled arms across his broad chest. Captain Wasklet is having a private affair inside, he sneers. You realise it might not be wise to try and force the issue. You turn and move away from the cavern. Okay, so I can explore the wharfs. As you pass along one of the several several long wharfs that jut out into the sand spit, you happen upon the captain of a Fladenese merchant vessel who is busy documenting his cargo as unloaded from the belly of his ship. The man seems quite distressed and you soon learn that his daughter was taken ill during the voyage from Galeran. That's a condition is not improving. Galeran is a large seaport on the western coast of Fladon. The bulk of the Fladenese West Na- naval fleet is based there, ready to take take to the open seas at a moment's notice and defend the people of North Portland's oldest kingdom. Galeran is somewhat notorious for its connection to a secretive and violent group of Fladenese separatists known as the Glaren Forge. Glaren remains the place where many southbound ships stop to restock provisions and make repairs before before voyaging over the tre- the treacherous waters of the Ardevarian Ocean. What's the Ardevarian Ocean? This great body of water is known, is known not only for its rough seas, but also for the bands of waders that roam, it, that roam its wave in search of merchant vessels to plunder. The majority of the waders are Hagjornese, although the although though increased patrolling of the trade routes of Flydenese Navy have increased, have it lessened the threat. In recent years, uh, I've just looked at the broader, a uh, broader map, map of the the region, and the 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 Adivarian Ocean is to the on the western side of the northern Swithian continent, and Fla- Flaledon is to the west as well. 
And so... Uh, anyway, the man seems... Alright, if I have the power of restoration, I do. And you wish to use it, I do. Alright, gonna click it. You convince the distraught captain to allow you onto a ship where you pay a visit to his ailing bedridden daughter. She seems to be suffering from a serious fever. You sense without immediate profound help the young woman will not be long for the world. So I can use restoration to help her out. It's the same. I don't know why there's two restoration links. I guess it's uh, I guess it's just, just uh, a typo. Use restoration. Or oh, restoration. I'll use restoration. Calling upon it. Succeeded. 64 experience to restoration. Shouts of joy ring out across the ship and along the wharf as the news of this heroic deed spreads quickly. While his daughter recovers from her recent ordeal, the captain throws his arms around you and thanks you over and over having saved her life before you depart. The captain tells you that if you should ever need passage on the high seas, you would be welcome aboard a ship at any time. He thanks you again, and you bid him farewell as you make your way off the sea and depart. Explore the wharf some more. Alright, that's some guy talking. As you move along the crowded wharf, you notice several people pointing in the direction of a large twin-masted galleon that has dropped anchor nearly half a mile from the harbour. When you inquire about the nature of the ship, your questions are met with him. Incredulous stares. That's the Dragon Skinner, says a nearby ship hand. That's the ship of John Rosclet, a more feared man around this way you'll be hard-pressed to come upon. There won't be many that'll be glad to know he's dropped anchor here. Right, anything more in the warps? No, it's just talking about the dragon. Nothing of interest, nothing of interest, nothing of interest. Talking about the big, that big boat. Alright, nothing more. Seek passage aboard a ship. You managed to locate passage aboard a ship bound for Talk Halleck, Talk Halleck the following morning. The captain of the vessel tells you the passage to the northern seaport will cost you 50 gold tokens. Decline the offer, Lee. Okay, yeah, they, they, there doesn't seem to be anything going. What if I just do? Port Halleck for 25 gold tokens. You hand over 25 gold tokens to the captain, and he takes you aboard the vessel, where you're introduced to a few members of his crew. He and his, he has his first mate show a cabin below deck, where you will sleep. You spend the night prior to the voyage in the cabin, becoming accustomed to the ship that will bear you to Port Halleck. The next morning, under spare, fair skies, the ship leaves the Talonless Harbour and begins the arduous trek north with the treacherous waters of the Starn Split. The voyage to Port Halleck proved swift and uneventful, and you bid farewell to the captain and his crew as you disembark in the northern seaport. Visit the harbour again. Seek passage aboard the ship. Go to Talonless now this time. You hand 20 gold tokens to the first mate. And he takes you aboard the vessel. We introduce to a captain and a few of the crew. Fair skies and good running water. Comments the captain. 
as he moves about the deck, barking orders at scurrying crew. We should have a fine jaunt south to Tantalus. The voice of Tantalus proves swift and uneventful, and you bid farewell to the captain and his crew as you disembark on the t- disembark in the Tyson captain's school. Okay, now. Okay, we've we've passed we've quite significantly passed more than an hour, so we'll we'll be going now. So, uh, I I thought we would be doing the formal adventures today, but it turns out those will be for later. So, and so anyhow, the there's still more to explore. We're gonna now. It just so happens that there's there's stuff to do in those taverns, and maybe Thwaffer's training. I don't know. Well, I'm just gonna keep keep going down the list and exploring all the events in Talonus. Oh yeah, and there's there's random encounters in Talonus. Probably want to do those too, since I'm already here. But anyway, until then. Farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.